Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Pod Friday show where we look back at one horrific cup match and forward to what will hopefully be one brilliant cup match. Just another average week in the life of Manchester City Football Club. I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Steve Tudor. Good morning, Steve. Morning, sir. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, yourself, have you actually thought, given much thought to the cup final that we're in this week? or I have, yeah, the last couple of days. Um, it's kind of dawned on me that when you look back four years ago uh, against Sunderland, it felt markably different to how this felt, this week has felt. Um, then it was kind of giddy excitement at you know reaching a Wembley Cup final and seeing City you know in a Cup final, um, and now it feels kind of more business like. More we've got to get the yeah. job done. Um, so yeah, maybe it's something we can discuss in this pod because um, it, it, it's occurred to me this week that the fans have kind of. Uh, absorbed that from the club, whereas really our only obligation is to to enjoy it and, and feel feel excited. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think there is a a need now to to get off the mark, get the ball well. Yeah, you know, after the last week. Uh, but before we look forward, I'm afraid <laughs> we must not. look back and reflect. <laughs> <laughs> on, the uh, past is the past, mate. <laughs> fact, yeah, move on. <laughs> but now everything's settled down. Uh, what are your thoughts on that Wigan game? The aftermath, just just one of those nights. Yeah, yeah. But they, as, as Pep said, they had one shot on target. It's the way that City set themselves up. We are. That's, this is why we were never going to be invincible, and we were never going to win the quadruple because the way we set ourselves up is so attack-minded, and that we will outscore and you know out possession uh, the opposition. But there will always be times where you know we're kind of open at the back and and we're susceptible at the back, and we're going to be kind of um, you know victims of a hit and run, and that's precisely what it was. So. You have to just take those and and put them in the big picture, and in that big picture, they're, they're just a, a, a tiny dot, really. Unfortunately, it occurred in the FA Cup and not a league game, um, and we're out. But it's just Wigan, isn't it? I don't know what it is. We seem to have our number. Yeah, I mean, you did an article. I don't know if it's earlier this week or the end of last week about cities. Uh, let's say yeah. less uh, spectacular. F- FA Cup defeats uh, in the past uh, and there's been so many but even looking at recent times our record I mean this whole you know it's played on my mind I've mentioned it on the review pod after the Wigan game I look at you know we've actually been utterly I don't know if it's exaggerating appalling in the FA Cup yeah considering it's what we started this journey with that cup run United and Stoke what an amazing experiences they were and yet you look at I mean just before that you obviously had Hughes we lost 3-0 home to Nottingham Forest we lost home to Middlesbrough we obviously we can have done us three times yeah. we threw the cup against Chelsea because of a Champions League match and you know the Arsenal defeats at Wembley the a player do our players take domestic cups as seriously as we'd want them to? I'd say some of our worst performances this season have all come in the Carabao Cup. 
But yeah, because a lot like of that. other clubs aren't taking it that seriously anyway, and the nature of the cup, and the fact that we can play bad and still win and get by, we find ourselves in a final. But the thing is, it's turning into a long <laughs> monologue, this. <laughs> I'm sure once Wigan came around, the players did really, no one was talking about, wanted to talk about the quadruple, but they realised we're on the cusp of something special. Surely they took that game seriously. But do you think there's a problem? The you know, like Pochettino said at Spurs that the big managers just aren't installing into their players that these these cups are that important. Well, undoubtedly, uh, I, from the top, as I say, undoubtedly there is something in that, and you know you can kind of say that in terms of priorities for all of of City and and United and and all the other big clubs, kind of sticking to the line that the Premier League and is the bread and butter and everything. You know, let's let's be honest here. For the big clubs, it's Champions League, then it's the league, then it's the FA Cup, and then it's the League Cup, and that's the way it is. So with them being lower down on the priorities, they're going to kind of employ the periphery of their squad uh, and that's going to have an effect on performances um, I think what, what you're talking about more correct me if I'm wrong is not so much the kind of you know employment of these kind of squad players but the mentality yeah. as regards yeah. going into these games and yeah I mean the results bear that out going back to what you said about our poor FA Cup record if Spurs reach a semi-final this year that means that out of the traditional top six We've got the fifth best, or, or you know, the second to worst best, uh, best record since two thousand and eight. Only Liverpool have done worse than us since two thousand and eight in the FA Cup. That's just not good enough, considering the kind of talent we have at our disposal in that time. So, um, and considering we've won it, in, I know. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, the fact that we've won it is is a spike in the kind of data, which should suggest that you know uh, that would bumpers up a notch but then you know as as the aforementioned defeats to, to Forrest and Middlesbrough and, and, and Wiggins etc um, bear out we do come unstuck too often in domestic cups uh, thankfully that seems to be balanced out by a pretty decent record in the League Cup and if we win this Sunday after three times in the last five years that is a fantastic record um, but then again we you can kind of re recalibrate that with what you said about how this season we've played some of our worst football in the Carabao Cup so I think mentality wise when we go into these tournaments there is a dip in, in-, in intensity uh, there is uh, some in- undoubtedly some complacency uh, and we come unstuck and well, I personally would agree with you. I think a large part of that is down to the fact that we have, and I'm not one of these Yadar figures here who, who kind of bemoans <laughs> the, the kind of the swamping of the of the British game with, with foreigners, but it's because it's foreign coaches. It, it just has to be that. It's just standard logic that it has to be that. If, if you went to, to manage in Spain and, and you... Your team were kind of doing exceptionally well in the league, and and you had you know you're fighting on four fronts, and, and you were playing in you know their domestic cup competitions. You would probably feel the same way, but it's you know the, the least important. Therefore, you play the kind of squad players, and maybe it just comes across as well in the tone of the build up from from the staff in in the build up to these games. You know the players unconsciously must pick yeah. up on it. 
that it's not as important. Yeah, the amount of preparation that goes in. And you lose 5%, and that's crucial. Exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, plenty of English managers have thrown FA Cup matches for years and years now. You know, like yeah. Allardyce was a master at it. I, I don't know the details of West Brom's defeat last week, but I imagine. And he had his own problems, Pardew, uh, after their yeah. well, that's foreign, it, foreign I mean, jaunts. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, teams fighting relegation. What annoys me is it's the precise situation we found ourselves in before Wigan. We're playing a League One side. We've drawn at home to Southampton, who was struggling Premier League side in the quarterfinals. Win those two were at Wembley. We've got no midweek game. We've sorted the Champions League. We can literally put a scratch squad out for the second leg. Yeah. And there's an international break coming up. So, you know, there's that a bit of a gap anyway. We didn't, there was no real need to, you know, it, it don't, everything had opened up for us. Everything. It was, a, I think it's a situation that might not happen again. Might not well, be a situation I mean, where we can win four trophies. And yeah. one of them was 16 points clear. That's done. The Champions League side, we just won 4 0 away. So that's done for a month anyway, exactly. effectively. And we've only got one game left in the third competition. So I just found it so frustrating that we did put all our eggs into this one basket. Well, here's the thing, though, Howard. This, this is why I was even more kind of frustra- frustrated um, on Tuesday morning. Because I, I believed, and I thought this before the Wigan game, what you said is absolutely correct. And the players should have been aware of it. And they probably were aware of it, too. But in terms of absorbing that as fact, I believed prior to the Wigan game, if we can get past Wigan and if we can beat Arsenal at Wembley, that is when it's cemented in the players' minds, right, the quadruple's on. That's yeah. what I, I thought. I, I thought that, you know, the weekend prior to, to the Wigan game. So it's so frustrating that we're just two steps away from it just being absolutely solidified in the players' minds. In terms of self-belief, right, these four are in our grasp here. So we were so close in that regard because although, you know, we can say these these words, but as you said then about kind of, you know, the Champions League, uh, you know, the Basel tie's done, the league's done. I, I, you know, there's a big difference between saying the words and actually, you know, wholeheartedly believing it within yourselves. And I really think that if we beat Wigan and beat uh, Arsenal, that would have happened. That the, play, the whole, sh- there'd been a, a huge mentality shift with the players where it's you know less about seeking individual honours and more about going for the whole four. Yeah. Oh well, we'll never know now. <laughs> we'll never know now. No. Uh, one silver lining: a two-month gap now in March, I think, between games. Could that be? This could prove out to be a blessing in disguise. Not for me, because I write about City every week. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're going to be bouncing off walls during that. It's an international break, and I assume the Brighton game's been yeah, yeah, fantastic because they're playing United. I mean, God, don't even get me started doing international breaks, but um, yeah, that's bad enough, and now there's this as well. And we've been so exceptional this season that it's... A treat to watch City, isn't it? I mean, yeah. in, ti- in times past, it's been an obligation more than a treat. <laughs> in, punishment. In years gone by. A punishment, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, you have a good week in work, you do well, everything's going all right in your personal life. You, you, you're kind of achieving in life 
right, now it's, now it's time to take the punishment and go to Main Road. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's an absolute treat and, and you just want a game twice a week. You just want one every three or four days. Um, so that in itself is not great. But in terms of, yeah, giving the players a chance to kind of regroup and refocus and kind of get injured players back and et cetera, et cetera, of course, you know, that's always a plus to have a, uh, that kind of two-week break. Yeah. I mean, the, at the time, yeah, the players will really appreciate that and we should have a, a fit squad. But at the time, that yeah. weekend of the quarterfinals is going to be, it's going to feel rubbish, to be honest, because we should be playing. We know we should be playing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At least, at least it wasn't United. I had a really strong feeling that we were going to get United in the uh, quarterfinal draw. Yeah. So um, that would have, oh, that would have been devastating. To lose at Wigan and miss out on a derby because um, I don't want to sound kind of you know arrogant here, but I, I want to play United as often as possible mm-hmm. right now. Wow! Now I, I, I had this vision of it being the semis. Oh well, no, actually it was all coming together to a final meeting. Uh, well, that's but, my dream. I, I I remember being about kind of eight years of age, and just that used to be my daydream at that age. You know, I used to yeah. fantasise about it as a kid. Imagine if City ever got to a cup final with United. You know, it would just be... So that's like a lifelong dream there, uh, unfulfilled. I'd love to play them. Not the Champions League, I have to say. No. I, you know, that's just too much on that. <laughs> I couldn't cope with that. Yeah. But uh, an FA Cup final against United, yeah, would have been incredible. And not quite the dream if you have to walk past them on Wembley Way before or after the game. So, but, yeah. But that's another matter. Uh, right, let's look forward then because we do have, so I'm told, a cup final this weekend. Hey. Uh, now, my maths is not very good, but see, my dream as a kid was just to get to Wembley. Yeah. So as a kid, it sounds sad, but the FA Cup final used to be a huge occasion. Yeah, you know, when there was three TV channels, and mm. nothing, and it didn't matter if your team wasn't there. It used to it used to put my city kitty on. You'd be watching it from ten o'clock. The teams arriving. You know, there was yeah. no, there wasn't the there was, the word banter didn't exist. Social media didn't. <laughs> it was an occasion. Obviously, yeah. it's different now. There might even be league games at the same time. I mean, when we beat Stoke, I think. Didn't United win the league about an hour before? So against Blackburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my dream was to get to Wembley and obviously a playoff final. Not quite what, <laughs> not quite how I pictured it. Uh, I meant to get to an FA Cup final was my dream, and I my maths is probably off, but I make this ninth visit maybe. Uh, I don't know. That sounds about right. Including I don't know. The, there's Shields. been five for the FA Cup, Panda. Uh, this is our third League Cup final. Yeah. Uh, now, there's been one community shield. We did win the community shield at Villa Park as well, so it's at least nine anyway, which yeah. is not bad, really. Yeah. Mm. We'll, we'll ignore any upcoming Spurs League games as well. Uh, yeah, is this now is this more important because of the FA Cup defeat? Undoubtedly, yeah. As I said at the top, it's this is a great football side. This is, without question, a great football side. But to have that confirmed, you have to go in the history books. You have to have trophies. And you have to accrue them this season. Because the league, we can, you know, 
almost take for granted now with 16 points. We've got the league. And I've heard a lot of discussion about whether that'll be enough to kind of, you know, warrant this football that we've seen this season. Um, yeah. And whether it will kind of earn this side the tag of being a great team um, I can stand kind of, you know, face to face with the other great teams that the Premier League's produced over the years. I think, yeah, yeah, the league would be enough. But to have a, a, another cup in there as well, that it's just it is that cherry on top, isn't it? It would kind of confirm it. So when you look back in years to come, um, uh, one thing actually, which I haven't seen mentioned much elsewhere, and I'm sorry, I'm drifting away from the cup final here, but you're allowed to. Yeah, when let's assume we win the league, then people look at the kind of you know the, the history books in years to come and Manchester City league champion 2017 18. That must have been a great team, is what people will think because that's what you think when you look back at previous league champions. Now, I do a lot of kind of work for betting websites and I do a lot of kind of uh, previews and I have to look back at different seasons. And, you know, there's a lot of seasons in the Premier League where things just kind of you forget, you forget how great certain Chelsea teams were, for example. You think, oh, I thought they just really had the one great team. No, they had two, you know. And and then you look back at a season of just a random one, 2004, 2005, for example, and you see the start that Chelsea had and and how imperious the defence was. And it's like, oh, my God, I forgot what a great team that was. Winning the league, hopefully, is a a given. What else What we should be really, really excited by is how dominant it is. Because when people look back in years to come, they'll see that gap. And they'll see the goal difference, and it'll be bloody hell, you know. <laughs> they will, yeah. won't they? In in twenty years' time, or in fifteen, or, or twenty five years' time, when when you know a lad is looking online and won't particularly know much about this era of Manchester City, they'll be like, "Oh my God, what an incredible side that must have been!" So that's kind of you know, and barring a, a very unlikely slip from here till May, that's in the bank too. Yeah, well, he's but, so I and asked that question, you know, as yeah. a counterpoint to me on the, the Wigan review, because uh, I think my opening question was about how you judge the team if we don't win loads. I think the caveat is pre-season. If you said to win the league, nothing could have taken a trip. that. That would have been bouncing off the walls of like, yeah. oh my god, that's brilliant, and nothing can change that. Obviously, we've got in this position where, well, the bar's been raised. We're on for a lot more now. That it then looks like a disappointment, but let's—it's not just. I think the thing about if you're excited about this team, there's two ways to look at it. It's not just about this season; it's about the next five True. or ten or whatever. I mean, talk today, Pep Guardiola. I think it's only in the sun, so <laughs> take with the world's smallest pinch of salt uh, that he's going to extend his contract to 2021. Mm. Uh, and yeah, so we, if it tailed off, if we didn't quite do it in the Champions League, which is not a failure as such because that's that's never a given. <laughs> I mean, winning the Champions League is not a given. You have to be the greatest side of your generation to expect that, or yeah. you know, of the decade to to really think you're above that. And I think even though Real Madrid's recent record, I think I still think the Barcelona side of Pep's was the one that was clearest ahead of the you know the competition. But you yeah. look at even if we tail off, you still say. Yeah, if we win it by 15 points and we've scored, you know, and our goal difference is plus 75 or whatever, that is still an astonishing achievement by itself. 
and yeah. will still be the league champions. When, when next season starts, we're the reigning champions. But it's not just about this season. It's about, I mean, the first big test of a great team, because so few Premier League teams can do it, is retaining a title. So well, we'll I, see I, what we're made of next season, really. I take I take a little bit of unbridge with that because I, although I completely one hundred percent agree with you, I think that's not how that would be viewed externally. I think right. externally, I don't care. Be... <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I I didn't, but I think externally they'll they'll be the city team will be viewed on how we do in the Champions League yeah. in the next three years. Um, and if we kind of go out of the quarterfinal stage in the last 16 and then the quarterfinal stage, for example, in the next three years, people will always be kind of, you know, beating that stick. Um, so, yeah, that's that's of vast importance too. Yeah. But yeah, I completely agree. If you can be back-to-back league winners, by default, you are a great team. Yeah. But going back to you know, where we started... You need you need the domestic cups as well. You need those kind of FA cups and league cups in it, and we're, we're ninety minutes away from getting one. Yeah. So um, yeah, or, it's or one hundred twenty plus penalties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Bravo the hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I know a uh, you know I do remember a conversation with a United fan you know fifty years plus. Uh, who said you know he always considered Ferguson a failure. It sounds like the most ridiculous thing, but he's a failure right. in the Champions League. He right, that, yeah. He said he underachieved. They should have won more. They should have. They should have. But having said that, yeah, they still won two. And yeah, it's so, not easy. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, two, they the shouldn't cap- have won, but, you know, they'd still won them, didn't they, sir? Well, well I, I wrote about a, a United year um, last week, and uh, I can't recall. I think it was 2002, but I might be way out there. And... I remember writing in in the piece. It was not their best year. Uh, they only won the league cup. And after I finished that sentence, I was like, "What the hell? I mean, it's a league cup. It's it's a trophy. Yeah. You know, I know in comparison to their other seasons, it is kind of a disappointing season. But you know, it's it's too easy to look down on this tournament. I think, and, and you know, I was guilty of it myself in that sentence. Um, it's still a trophy. It's still a tournament. It's still a day out at Wembley. Um, and also, just in a very short term, what we have to factor in is the press is amazing. You know, for the next two days after, just yeah. to, I love that. I love the next day after City have won something, oh, yeah. getting the newspapers back page. You know, in some newspapers, it'll be like a four-page special in the middle or whatever, and just you've know, got a massive photos of the fireworks going off behind Vinny, and you know, I love all that. So it's just a feel-good factor for the next few days after. Yeah, and Sunderland and Liverpool were two, you know, not just the results, two of the best days out as a football fan I've had in the last 10 years. So. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not, not because it was winning the Champions League, just a day out. So That's the most priceless thing of all, man. That's if, the most important thing. If you thing. win at Wembley, there's, there's nothing like it, to be honest, for all its faults and, you know, the counter-arguments about the ground. Uh, yeah. Walking out of there as a victor, opposed to walking out just as the heavens open after Wigan have just scored a late winner. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's literally the opposite ends of being a f- football fan. The you know, it's it's the seconds before the Aguero goal compared to the seconds after it's that's the difference. It, you know, it's not the Champions League, but it's a final at Wembley, so yeah. he's hoping and, for and the hat all trick, eyes yeah. will be on us. You know, all eyes will be on us this Sunday. I know this was kind of 
league games and, and all the rest of it. But um, and that's I hate that personally. I, I just think it's despicable. Yeah. Um, but for that final, for that time, all eyes would be on us and Arsenal. Um, and frankly, people will be viewing it in the correct context that for Arsenal, it's about the avoidance of crisis. And for City, it's about the possibility of a, attaining the first kind of, you know, well, taking a major step towards greatness. Yeah. Well, the Henry Winter pod there, interview that's released on the, the 9320 pod yesterday, mm. he said as soon as the draw was made, a lot of journalists were discussing, right, what, what we're doing in the cup final or we're doing the Chelsea, United-Chelsea match. But uh, and Henry yeah. said, well, no, no competition for me. It's the Wembley final, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, should be day. Right, well, we can't avoid it anymore. The city lineup. Now we know mm. Bravo's in nets. I've discussed it before, but probably not with you. I'm probably behind on this, uh, the review on the subscription pod. Does Pep have no choice in this respect? Uh, yeah, he has no choice. Um, there's there's a, a poster on uh, a forum that people might be familiar with called Didsbury Dave. And I read something yeah. he wrote this week and I completely, he nailed it. He, every single word he got right. So just to reiterate, and obviously not taking credit for this, it's, um, this is Dave's words, but he basically said that every top club now needs an international number two. And the manager has to say to these kind of uh, backup keepers, who you know, have vast experience and by rights should expect to be first teamers in, in you know elsewhere, you're, you're my cup keeper. And that includes getting to the final. He's, Pep has obviously said this to, to Bravo. Now that we've reached the final, you can't very well then renege on that, on that deal um, because you'd simply lose the trust of a, of a dressing room. Uh, in that dressing room, Bravo's going to have colleagues and friends it would ha- have a severe impact on, on the morale of the dressing room. Uh, and furthermore, you know, for all his faults, and I know that, you know, of course he's, he's a lure onto himself sometimes, bravo. Um, but he's still, you know, a very good keeper who has the ability to, to perform on the day. And so I've got, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about him starting. He's, um, it's, let's face it, Arsenal have Ospina in, in their goal. Yeah, and he's definitely playing we, into so. Yeah, and everything we can say about Bravo, we can say about Ospina. So uh, if that level's out anyway. I don't, I'm not sure the, the drops. I'd say the drop's not as big, but then their first choice is probably not as good as ours. So, you know, I have my yeah. doubts about yeah. how he's been playing. So not sure it's as big a drop for them. Uh, yeah, but I don't think we have any choice. No. I imagine he said at the beginning of the season as well that you're our domestic cup keeper. Yeah. So, yeah. Short of injuring him deliberately, <laughs> there's, no real, <laughs> there's no real option there. Uh, now, the rest of the team, the obvious, and I mean, we can probably predict it. It'll be the mm. strongest. But the question is, the centre-half pairing... What would so, you go for? What do you think Pep will go for? How do you see it panning out? Well, it's a centre-half pairing and a left-back. There are two which are kind yeah. of... I'm not so sure about. Um, I think that Pep will... Well, Otamendi and Stones is my gut instinct. Mm. Whether that's the right decision or not, I'm... Not so sure. I don't want to buy wholesale into this kind of stones as you know, 
dipped in form and he's, he's you know still struggling and finding his way back and he shouldn't play a, a player in a cup final who's finding his form back to fit you know back to fitness but mm, I, I I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't have a problem with any combination quite frankly of the four um but personally I think Pep will go for Ottomendi and Stones and at left back I think he'll go for Danilo for his experience mm. I I have less of a problem with Danilo at left back than I do at right back, which is odd considering his primary role is at right back. Yeah. Uh, I just think Zinchenko, Bellerin just charges down that, that right flank yeah. and Zinchenko could get caught out there. So um, that'd be mine. What, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I don't know. Toss a clean. I don't, you've just you've persuaded me on Danilo because... As always, I think Zinchenko is for the sort of game where we're spending most game attacking, yeah, and where defensive duties are not imperative. But yeah, and he's if done you've well. Got Bellerin going said. down there, then we have to be very wary of that. So yeah, I think you persuade me on that one. Uh, Centre half pairing, um, yeah, I think it'll, I think he'll go back to the, the two, the original two. Hmm. Uh, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit. Laporte is suddenly, yeah, we don't even know anything about him yet. And we don't know his form because he's just come here. Exactly that, yeah. Had a, yeah. a very good but comfortable debut and everything's been swapped around since then. So he's, he's fresh. It took Otamendi and Stones a year to get used to this system. But anyway, it'll take him time, a lot of time. He's really essentially looking for him to be, you know, hit the ground running next season. So... I don't think we just assume he can slot in and do a brilliant job. So for me, I think he'll go back to the old guard, so to speak. Which is it's kind of you know kind of related to what we're saying about with Bravo as well. It's it's the fairest thing to do, which is an important factor when you when you're, you're talking about kind of you know the morale of, of a group. Yeah, but you know you might just spring a surprise and put company in, but mm. but Aubameyang's pace is obviously an issue, so it's hard to deal with that. Uh, do you think both clubs' appalling results this week has any effect on how the final goes or how they approach the match? No, no, no. I, I, I never really buy into that uh, in general anyway. Um, you know, conversely, uh, I've also seen, you know, kind of Arsenal fans saying, you know, being quite fearful of Sunday because we lost on Monday and it'll be, we'll have a, a kind of, you know, a positive reaction to that from City. And I don't, really buy into that either I, I think a cup final is such an individualistic occasion yeah um, and it's more really down to how the individuals um, cope with the day itself um, I think these kind of modern footballers now when, you, when you're talking about a league cup final as well as opposed to a Champions League final I don't think nerves are a factor as such but at the same time you know it's it's a full Wembley it's a big game and so it's more down to how the individuals perform as opposed to how teams respond to, to recent results. Yeah, I'll probably jump back and mention the rest of our team, but is it exactly... Do we expect no surprises there? I mean, Sane, Sterling, yeah. Aguero, De Bruyne, Silva... There's kind of um, a little bit of doubt, isn't there, with Sterling and his fitness, but um, that side, if he's fit and, and Silva too, then, yeah, I'd expect the strongest eleven. Uh, strongest tenor and Claudio Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's look at Arsenal then. It's just impossible, to, impossible to know 
what to expect from Arsenal. I think it has been for years. I mean, we're better than them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the game will be... We were better than them in the semi-final last year. A lot of teams were better than them when they lost to them, when Wenger's has this knack of keeping his job by winning every Wembley game. Uh, though we should yeah. mention that Guardiola's finals record is pretty imperious as well. So, Well, Wenger's won seven out of his ten cup finals with Arsenal. Um, so this is his 11th cup final. Um, for me, the game is going to be won in midfield. Um, Ramsey's a 50-50 at the moment. If Ramsey doesn't play, the game will be won full stop. Um, their lineup last night was utterly bizarre, considering that they went into it against... You know, I, I did, sorry, I had to put in, I had a dig at, <laughs> a joke at Stefan. Yeah, you know, Stefan was saying, yeah. what well, is that lineup? Yeah, why are they playing these with a... A dead rubber with a cup final coming up. Yeah. Then it went two 0 down. I'll just reply. So about that dead rubber, <laughs> that you? I was I was flicking through uh, the timeline on Twitter last night. It was really late, so I didn't actually <laughs> fully acknowledge it. I didn't realise that was you. But but yeah, it, it was a strange team, wasn't it? So it was bizarre. But there was at least kind of four players, at least four, maybe six, um, who you'd expect to start on Sunday. And to play him in this kind of supposed dead rubber, then it was a very strange uh, situation indeed. The fact that Wiltshire started suggests that maybe Wenger's got a good feeling about uh, Ramsey and his fitness. Um, yeah, uh, you look at this Arsenal team, and uh, what gets me is City's excellence this season, and that's an understatement. Um, has masked a lot of other teams' failings, I feel. And yeah. you look at this Arsenal team and you look at where they are in the league and you look at how they're playing and, and their form and their performances, you think they should be getting panned right now. But the weird thing is, it's not just the fact of how good City are that we've we've masked that. Um, it's also because I think people have just run dry. We've, we've used up all our kind of criticism of Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. Yeah. Um, for what two, three years? I mean, it's been going on for year, years earlier, but for, for certainly the last two years, it, that's the narrative: Arsenal in crisis, Wenger out, etc., etc. You know, with the, the placard seen around the world at different sporting events, <laughs> and so now it's kind of. If I was an Arsenal fan, now would be my lowest ebb. Now would be like, oh my god, no one even bothers to take the Mickey out of us anymore. <laughs> even even troops can't be. Must up the effort to <laughs> get angry anymore. Yeah, so it's kind of like this is how this is who we are now, um, and this is when they win. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably so. I yeah. mean, the, the lowest step for me was before their semi final with us last, where I thought he cannot survive the summer of anger. Mm. He's ru- he's run out of he's run out of credit now. He cannot survive. All the f- yeah, the fans have turned against him. All yeah, there's always been some want him out but now it's literally and then he goes and wins a cup and then he I don't know if he did sign an extension did he sign a two year extension and um, here he, he signed it beforehand he, he basically should have won the cup and that's it go go on a high and because he, he he still had sufficient credit in the bank where he would have been lavished with kind of eulogies and and in time as well would have been regarded you know entirely favourably by kind of by football as a whole so yeah, that was the time to go. It was very strange that he didn't. Um, now, you've, you've, for Arsenal, you've got the League Cup and you've got the Europa League, and that's it. And it, it's the last 
like you know, last gas saloon, isn't it? It's yeah. if they don't win either of those two, they are in right. dire trouble. Well, to be honest, I don't think winning on Sunday this time would be enough to say, oh, he's done it. You know, yeah, the FA Cup so. is still yeah. a bit bigger than the League Cup. I think you'd have to win Europa to even claim. Well, it would get them into the Champions League for starters, which they're not going to do through the league, it would appear. Mm. And I think that's the only way you can claim this uh, season is not a complete and utter failure. Uh, yeah. Take the Jose Mourinho route of last season, perhaps, and, and win those two trophies. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Well, that, but that, that's kind of that's all he has now, that option of taking that Mourinho route. Um, but, yeah. So you've mentioned Ramsey. So do you think Wilshire and Ramsey could start, or are you thinking Ramsey's the no. first choice? I think Ramsey would be the first choice. And you but think again, he's it, the biggest danger to us in midfield? Yeah, yeah I, I'm a huge fan of Ramsey. It, it's um, I, I've done a bit of research on him recently with kind of um, I had the intention of writing about how or, or questioning why he's so underrated, and I think a large part of it comes down to his injuries, uh, which you should never really factor in regarding you know the rating of a player. Yeah, um, I think he's a, a phenomenal player, Ramsey, and uh, he, he elevates Arsenal. Um, rarely do you see him in a starting lineup in Arsenal play poorly, so I think a lot goes through him. Um, he, he creates so much good stuff for them. So, you know, I would hope that he isn't fully fit. Um, and even if he does start, possibly, you know, it's kind of one of those where he's got the nod because it's a final, and then on the day itself, he, he, he can't perform to to hundred percent. So, um. Yeah, I would be fearful of a fully fit Ramsey anyway. Yeah, we're supposed to be having a fitness test today, but I feel he needs to be fit. Uh, Ozil's yeah. been ill, but I imagine he'll, you know, I don't think there's any doubt he'll start as well. Uh, any other danger, man? Uh, I guess there's one obvious choice up front. So is that is the pace of Aubameyang going to be a big problem to us with our high lines? And Yes, yeah, it will. Although, kind of... Um, you're anticipating he might have to do a lot of that work up front on his own. Um, and even when he's not on his own, he's with kind of unfamiliar teammates at this point. He still hasn't settled in. Furthermore, he'll be playing with kind of, um, you know, players like a Wobie who hasn't had that much action. Um, and so that's not an ideal situation for them, considering this is a cup final. But, you know, as an individual and as a player and as a striker, he poses, uh, you know, Sufficient threat for us to be worried. Yeah, uh, and <coughs> I put on the uh, notes their weaknesses. Question mark. <laughs> Is it? Well, yeah. You look at the keeper and their, their defense. By the way, I I think gets uh, a bit of a bad knock as well. I think they've got a decent defense, so they're going to be hard to break through. Although countering that, Aguero scored in each of the last four times he's played Arsenal. So that bodes well. Um. The weaknesses, I think, is actually what we just talked about as a potential strength, which is, you know, kind of uh, the strike force. Uh, another a, a stat to kind of chuck at you is um, they've scored six goals to reach a final, which is the lowest amount of goals in the tournament's history for a finalist. Wow. So they're not kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, I know there was that kind of recent Everton game, but quite frankly, kind of... Buckley Town could have beat Everton 5-1 on that day. Um, so, yeah, it, it, they're going to be hard to break through. I think we'll enjoy a lot of more possession than they do in midfield. I think the game will be won in midfield. 
and they do pose a threat going forward, but ultimately they're, they're hardly prolific. So when you put those three things together, it's more kind of a case of looking at our strike force and the chances that we tend to waste in abundance and hope that that's not the case this Sunday. That's ultimately what could kind of decide this final, I think. If we're clinical, we win. Yeah, I mean, you look back at, just, I think City have put highlights of that Liverpool Cup final on this week. Yeah. Some of those misses were just, I mean, the Sterling mm. one obviously at 1-0, but after yeah. thinking extra time as well, some uh, bad misses in there. So, yeah, we need to... The, the profligacy, the word everyone hates, <laughs> we all hate yeah. to have to uh, pronounce. We hope that's, uh, <laughs> that doesn't come back to haunt us. But you said you, you rate their defence, which is a controversial view. Would you actually have any of their defenders at City? Well, Mustafi is um, one of the top five defenders in, in the Premier League this season in terms of you know form and performances and stats and all the rest of it. So um, I would have Mustafi kind of in our squad, certainly, um, I would put, you know have him over Stones on current form in terms of 2017-18. Overall, I wouldn't, of course. So, um, you know, given Stones' age and and the potential that he has, and and the fact is Johnny Stones, and I love him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I just think it gets a bit of a, a knock in the Arsenal defence. Well, it's not so much that they get a knock in; it's just overlooked. I think I think it is actually pretty decent these days. Um, and the days of Murtasaka kind of trundling along. Yeah. Kind of, I think they're gone now. Yeah. I actually used to work with Holdings, dad. Oh, right. Actually, about 10 years. Never even occurred to me that he was the same Holding that was playing for Arsenal until a few months ago. Because, like, yeah, when I, when I last spoke to him, he was at Bolton. He was doing well, but he wasn't hadn't yeah. broken through into their first team. Yet, I don't think. Yeah, he was young. He was very young. Kind of. I've just never put two and two together that his son, who he was talked about occasionally, is uh, now in the Arsenal defence. So. Well, it's a good story, isn't it? I like the fact that he, you know, he's one of those players, Holden, given his kind of history and, and how he's come through at Bolton, and you, you, you want him to do well. Yeah, but not at the weekend, obviously. Not at the weekend, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so not from your heart, but from your head, how do you see this game playing out? I can see it being... As, 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 I don't want to jinx anything. This is just, yeah, with my head, not my heart. I can see a City win. Uh, and I can see it being fairly routine, but not in scoreline. So I would go 2-1, um, where there's never particularly in that much danger. Yeah, I think both teams will score. and 2-1 was what I was thinking as well. So, fingers crossed. I do have to say, of all the times I've been doing this pod... I can't ever recall sounding so confident. So I, I don't know uh-huh. if that's a bad jinx or, or what, but um, yeah, normally I, I hear on, on the pessimistic side. <laughs> I don't know. That could, that could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if we lose, we won't ask you for confident <laughs> predictions in the future. If we lose uh, in the future, I will be predicting 10 0 defeats on a weekly basis. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Fingers crossed. Just fingers crossed time now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, as you said, we look ahead. We might have bigger games to come in our near future, distant future, middle future. But mm. it's a final at Wembley. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, very early start, which I absolutely hate. <laughs> I hate having to get up at half six to get a train down to London. But uh, 
Yeah. It's still a special day out. I don't think... Are you, what, when are you starting drinking? Uh, I've not decided yet. <laughs> on the train, yeah. obviously, but I've not decided at what point on the train, so... Yeah, I've got I've got a stag do coming up, and, and the same thing has, has occurred to me. When do I start drinking? At one point on the train journey, do I, you know, because, yeah, too early, yeah. and, oh, that can go horribly wrong, can't it? As soon as we're out of Manchester, yeah. Yes, <laughs> sleep, sleep through the match. The worst was the, uh, the semi-final against United. I've never seen such carnage in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, I've, there's I wasn't just, there that day. I've heard the stories. There's people I've heard better the green man bent over backwards over walls two hours before <laughs> kickoff. But they all made it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that day was just, yeah, the giddiness was off the scale. It's just <laughs> too old to be doing things like that. So, yeah, let's hope it's a good day anyway. So Yeah. Uh, a great chat. Really enjoyed that. So thank you very much, State. Pleasure, mate. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. We will, of course, be back with a review of the Carabao Cup final uh, as soon as we've lifted that trophy. Well, <laughs> a day or yes. two afterwards. Yes. So uh, do look out for loads more coming next week. Uh, and thank you for listening.